So should we. I mean, just think of the simple gospel message that all of humanity is caught, sold under sin. God sends his son Jesus to die on a cross in our place that we might have life. If you looked from outer space at our galaxy, you would notice that the earth stands out from the other planets because of one thing. The earth teems with life. In today's message, Pastor Daniel teaches you that God loves life, and you should too. Human life is incredibly precious to the Lord. In fact, your life is so valuable to Him that He sent Jesus to take your place on the cross so that you could live. This is the ultimate proof that you matter to Jesus. He loves you so much that He gave up everything for you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Samuel chapter 15, with a brand new message called Grab Bag. As always with our Really series, they're based on your questions. Now, we've been doing this series where we collected your questions for a while, and then Pastor Bill and I have taken them, and we've brought them under principles. And so... You know, there was questions about tattoos and drinking and all these things. And we were able to put that under the whole principle of Christian liberty. And what does that look like? Now, what I wanted to do today was something that we're calling a grab bag. And what this is, this is going to be a series of questions that we received. And a lot of them, we received many of the questions in different variations. But it would have been hard to take them and put them into one message. So I wanted to grab five kind of seemingly unrelated topics and just give you all of them because there are questions that people have that are good questions that are very common and it's kind of like I would just want someone to answer this question for me. Now the idea of a grab bag is very personal to me because I remember growing up when I was an aspiring musician I was in college and I had a really good friend of mine this guy named Ilya he's a great drummer and me and Ilya aspiring musicians he went to another college than I did and he would call me up and say hey bro I'm coming up to you you want to do a grab bag? And I knew exactly what that means. See, what a grab bag was for me is when my buddy Ilya would show up, and this was when, before iPods, you know, he'd show up with a little case full of CDs, and I had a pretty nice CD collection, and we'd sit in my apartment room, just me and my buddy, and I would choose a tune that I wanted to listen to, and we'd just sit there, total silence, just listen to this tune. And then when it was done, then he would choose a tune. And we literally spent hours just listening to albums or CDs, just tracks off CD. And we used to call that doing a grab bag. Now, for those of you guys who have iPods, you don't know how cool that is. I couldn't imagine doing a grab bag with an iPod. You have like your whole music library, like 160 gigs. It was before that time, you know, ancient history. But that idea of like he would pick a tune, I would pick a tune. And so I wanted to call it grab bag because that's exactly what we're doing. We're taking these different concepts and we wanted to break them down and say, what is this all about? So first and foremost, a lot of questions about suicide. Does somebody who commits suicide lose their salvation? All these things. So now I'm going to give you the principle and then I want to unpack it. Suicide is this. God loves life and so should you. 
God loves life, and so should you. Almost everyone would agree that life is the most precious gift that human beings have been given. I was just talking to someone just this week, and they said, you know, Daniel, time is the greatest commodity we have. And it's true. I mean, what this person was saying is that life is the greatest commodity we have. It's a gift. And so God loves life. And so should we. I mean, just think of the simple gospel message that all of humanity is caught, sold under sin. God sends his son Jesus to die on a cross in our place that we might have life. So from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, God loves life. And so should we. Now, in the Bible, there are four recorded cases of suicide. You have, I really break them into two categories. You have Samson and King Saul. And I would consider them, they committed suicide, but they were more casualties of war. And then when we talk about suicide, we normally think about somebody taking their own life based on their own decisions. And you have two of those. You have Judas and Ahithophel. Now, I want to take Samson and King Saul, and I want to stick them on the side because those aren't cases of just pure suicide. If you remember, King Saul was in a battle. He was mortally wounded, and he didn't want to be taken captive as the king of Israel, so he fell on his own sword. And of course, Samson was chained up. He broke the temple down, and he was crumbled underneath it. You can make the case that that's suicide as well. But I want to take those off to the side because those are different cases than somebody just taking their own lives because of the decisions that they're making. The two biblical examples you have are Judas and Ahithophel. Now, most of us, if we've been around church at all, we know who Judas is. Judas, of course, one of the 12 chosen by Jesus. He betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. When, when he realized what he had done, he was sorrowful and he committed suicide. Now, it's interesting that the name Judas was very popular in Jesus' day, because they were named after Judas Maccabee, who helped cleanse the second temple after it was desecrated by Antiochus Epiphanes of the Greek emperor. And so Judas Maccabee was very popular. So the name Judas was very popular. But how many Judases do you meet today? Almost none. It's the classic case of somebody whose name is equated with evil. So you have Judas... Now, Ahithophel is still in the Bible and should be as well known, but he's not. If you think about Ahithophel, you can read about him in 2 Samuel. But really, the crooks of the story of Ahithophel in 2 Samuel 15 to 17 is that when King David's son Absalom led a rebellion against David's kingdom, Ahithophel was one of David's most trusted counselors, and he went with Absalom. And if you recall the story... Ahithophel gave Absalom, quote-unquote, good counsel on how to overthrow his father David's throne. But God actually frustrated his good counsel. Like, his counsel would have worked, but God had another plan. And so Absalom rejected Ahithophel's counsel, took another man's counsel, and then when Ahithophel realized what happened, he went home, he put his affairs in order, and he hung himself. Now think about this. The two biblical examples of a pure suicide were both people who 
did treason against the king. The only two times of pure suicide, treason against the king. Ahithophel against David, Judas against Jesus. Now, I always ask the question, if it's in the Bible, is that who you want to model your life after? It's one thing to say, I want to be like Jesus. It's quite another thing to say, I want to be like Judas. So although there are cases of suicide in the Bible, the reality is, is that the two men who committed suicide in the Bible both rebelled against the king. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. It says this, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. Do you see what it says there? What does God want us to choose? Life. Now, I realize that for some of us, circumstances in your life have been very hard. I'll admit, I have always been a glass is half full kind of a person. Ever since I can remember. Always looking on the bright side. I realize that for some of us, you're glass half empty kind of people. For whatever reason, you have a tendency to accentuate more of the negative side of life. It's not a judgment. It's not one's better than the other. It's just different. And I realize that today, even in this room, maybe listening on the internet or whatever, that there are people who your life circumstances have been horrible. We live in a day and age where there is clinical medical problems that lead some people to have severe depressed situations, suicidal situations. And I want to be sensitive to that. It's so easy sometimes to preach a message based on your own experience So I want to be sensitive to that. But the reality remains that for as long as Christianity has existed, and as long as we've been able to hold our Bibles in our hands, we are not called to live from our experience and then look into the Bible. We're called to look from the Bible and then let the Bible judge our experiences. That's the biggest difference. You look at the different persuasions of Christianity. Some people want to say, my experience is this, and so I want to apply the Bible to my experience. I believe that to be a Christian, you say, I am placing the supremacy of my experience on the side. I'm letting the Bible dictate it, and I'm going to understand my experience through God's word. Now, with that being the case, if you are in here today and things are just rough, you do not feel well, you feel like your life is useless, I want to encourage you, as hard as it may be, I want you to reach out to somebody. I want you to take a step of faith as hard as it may be and reach out to somebody and say, look, I am struggling. My life is hard. I am despairing. I feel useless. I feel like I don't want to be here anymore. And let somebody come alongside of you. Now, if you're listening right now and you're hearing this and you're saying, right now I want to kill myself, I want to encourage you to pick up the phone and call 911 right now. Seriously, don't 
Don't take away the gift that God has given you and the gift that God has given all of us by you. So if it's critical, if it's right now at this moment critical, I want you to pick up the phone and call 911. Let them help you. If you're somebody who struggles with those type of thoughts, I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody, to let somebody in on what's going on in your life. See, what Satan does, and he's been doing this as long as humanity has been here, he does the divide and conquer method, right? So he's got somebody who's struggling and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy in their life and he separates them out from everybody else. So that you feel like you're the only one and no one's there for you and no one cares about you because when he has you on his own, then he can have his way with you. But you can thwart that plan of his by engaging in community again, even though you don't feel like it. Okay? So if you are struggling with those type of thoughts, leanings, I want you to reach out to someone. If it's not at the moment critical, call our office. Someone will be there to minister to you. Now also, if you don't have those feelings, but there are people around you who you know are struggling, I pray that in Jesus' name, you be the hands and feet of Jesus in their life and you engage with them and you look after them and you care for them with long-suffering love. I realize that when someone is sad, when they're down, they're not exactly the life of the party. But the reality is, is that as people who love God, we need to be there for our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our co-workers. We need to serve as Jesus would. Because the reality is, is Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We were all living lives that were heading for suicide. We were choosing death. And then God came to live among us, to buy us back, to bring us back. That's the gospel, isn't it? And we, as the people of God, ought to be the same in people's lives. So I want to encourage you that in Jesus' name, if there's people around you you know are struggling, they're down, they're depressed, I pray that you make a point to be a part of their lives. Maybe the, one of the reasons God saved you and made you their neighbor, made you their coworker, made you their family member or in-law or whatever, is simply so that there would be a lifeline for them, between him and them. It's you. As his body. Now, the question always becomes this. If someone commits suicide, will they make it to heaven? And the answer to that question is, is I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Why? The Bible says there's only one unpardonable sin, and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's the only one. Now, some people would say, and I have a tendency to lean that way, is that if someone takes their own life, then how can their relationship with God be sound when God loves life, God has a plan for their life, and they're, taking, they're playing God by taking their own life? I mean, isn't that breaking the sixth commandment? Thou shalt not murder. I mean, that commandment is in effect saying it's not just killing, it's murdering. It's, it's premeditation. And most people who kill themselves do it with premeditation. But at the same time, do any of us keep the Ten Commandments? No. That's why Jesus came and died. So God knows what's in people's hearts. But what I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter what your sin is, when you are living a life in open rebellion, on whatever level it is, 
That's a precarious place to be in anyway. Now, I do want to say this. So some people right now are saying, I can't believe Pastor Daniel said that because he's giving somebody the license to do X, to commit suicide. And I would say, no, 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 listen. The gospel, the gospel is the gospel. And, you know, I had someone say to me when we were talking about tattoos, you're giving people too much liberty. I'm like, I'm not. The gospel does. Because instead of giving them a law and a rule to keep, the gospel says, live your life Godward and God will work out the details. And the reality is, is I believe if someone is in here and they're just struggling with suicidal tendencies, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, I guarantee you won't kill yourself. Because you'll realize that God wants to comfort others with the comfort he wants to give me through my trials, through my struggles, that even in the calamity that my life seems to be, God wants to use me through that. Do you know why? Because that's everybody's life, isn't it? That's your life and my life. Is God, despite me, despite us, despite our failings, saying, look, I want to use this person with all of their mess. And that's true for all of us. So if you're here today and you really struggle in that area, I want to encourage you. God wants to use you even with that. Even with with that. But the key for us to remember is that God loves life, and we should also. God loves life. Now, next question. The question about cremation. Are we allowed to be cremated? Is it scriptural? Here's the principle. Jesus rose from the dead, and so will you. Jesus rose from the dead, and so will you. See, the question becomes, what do we do with our bodies after our spirit leaves the building? That's the question. Historically, if you're supposed to be buried, what happens if you're cremated? Now, the reason I want to talk about cremation in light of the resurrection is because I think it's the only proper way to characterize a discussion. Now, we all realize, or I hope we realize, that there is a bodily resurrection that's going to happen. Jesus, after he died, took on his body again. Remember, the tomb was empty. Jesus' corpse wasn't in there. Now, what's kind of awesome is that our resurrection bodies are going to be pretty tricked out machines. I mean, you think about it. You know, it's like there's a TV show. It's called Pimp My Ride. I know you guys were like, I can't believe you just said pimp in this church. It's just the name of the TV show. But Pimp My Ride is like they take this old hoopty. You guys ever hear the word? Pastor Bill told me he's never heard of a hoopty before. He's like, that's an East Coast word. I'm like, Bill, it dates back to the 50s. We were doing like the etymology of the hoopty backstage. It's awesome. This is what Pastor Bill and I get to do. The word hoopty comes from a slang version of the Cadillac Coupe de Ville. So when you had an old caddy that was all beat up, Instead of being a coupe D, it became a hoop T. But pimping my ride is taking this old broken down car and then they bring it to a mechanic and the mechanic tricks it out, you know? So it used to look terrible and be rusted. They restore it. They put white walls on it. They put, you know, neon underneath. They put a good sound system in it. That's exactly what God is going to do with you at the resurrection. You're getting the same body back, but it's going to be totally cool. 
I mean, think about it. Jesus walked through walls and he still got to eat. I mean, you can imagine Jesus walking in that upper room. They're all freaked out. Jesus walks through the walls like, hey, can I get some of that fine Galilean tilapia? Mm. <laughs> so in the resurrection, you're getting your body back. But you're getting your body back in a way better version than what you have right now. And we all say to that, what? Amen, Amen right? How cool is that? We're getting our bodies back, but a tricked out version, a very cool version. And the reality is, is that how you choose to let your body, when your spirit leaves the building, until you get it back in the resurrection, how you choose for it to stay here, that's totally preference. Because in the end of the day, if God is powerful enough to take our transgressions and separate them from us as far as the east is from the west, God's going to have no problem putting your body back together. God is that strong. See, if you think about it, there was a time when persecuting rulers wanted to offend the church. They killed them and they said, well, we're going to cut your body up into little pieces and scatter it all over the place. As if it was going to thwart God's resurrection. It's almost like illogical when you really think about it. So the reality is, is that if you died a thousand years ago, and I don't know how you'd be listening to this if you did, but if you did and you just got buried, there's not going to be anything left of you. Thousands of years, your body will decay into dust. And when it's time for the resurrection, you're going to get that body back again. doesn't matter if all of the molecules are spread to the ends of the earth. It's going to come back together again. It's not going to be hard for God. It's not going to be hard. So I would say that cremation or burial, it's purely preferential. So however God's leading. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 42 to 49. Speaking of the resurrection of the dead. It says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual, the first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel continued in his study answering your questions about faith and life. As he discussed the topic of suicide, Pastor Daniel reminded you that how you process what's happening in your life is very important. He encouraged you to keep God's truth as your foundation and look at your life and circumstances through the grid of God's Word. This will keep you grounded and hopeful even when things are hard. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 
or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel answers the question of what happens to your body after you die. You'll learn that just like Jesus, you'll get a brand new, fully upgraded body. Pastor Daniel will also discuss the reality that everyone has the choice of how they'll spend eternity. When you choose to simply respond to Jesus in this life, you'll live out your eternity in the presence of the Lord. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Really. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.